Yes, hello, this is Ken Anderson's podcast, and it's the 25th of December 2023. The time is 17.21, and it is Monday. Now, today we are going to take the next article. We have come to study article number nine. Are you ready to dedicate yourself to Jehovah? With what will I repay Jehovah for all the good things he has done for me? Psalm 116.12 Focus. This article can help you to develop a close relationship with Jehovah so that you will want to dedicate yourself to Him and get baptized. During the past five years, more than a million people have been baptized as Jehovah's Witnesses. Many of these, like the first-century disciple Timothy, were taught the truth from infancy. Others learned about Jehovah as adults, some late in life. A while back, a woman who started the Bible with Jehovah's Witnesses got baptized at the age of 97. If you are a Bible student, or if you are being raised by parents who are witnesses, are you thinking about getting baptized? That is a commendable goal. Before getting baptized, though, you will need to dedicate yourself to Jehovah. This article will explain what dedication involves, it will also help you to see why there is no reason to hold back from taking that step, along with baptism, when you are ready to do so. What is dedication? In the Bible, dedication signifies a setting apart for a sacred purpose. The Israelites were a nation dedicated to Jehovah, but some individuals in the nation were dedicated to Jehovah in a special way. For example, Aaron wore a holy sign of dedication, a shining gold plate on the front of his turban. That gold plate indicated that he was set apart to serve in a special capacity as Israel's high priest. The Nazarites, too, were dedicated to Jehovah in a special way. The word Nazarite, which comes from the Hebrew word Nasir, means separated one, or dedicated one. Nazareths were to live by the restrictions that were set out for them in the Mosaic law. When you dedicate yourself to Jehovah, you choose to become a disciple of Jesus Christ and make the doings of God's will the most important thing in your life. What will Christian dedication require of you? Jesus said, If anyone wants to come after me, let him disown himself. The Greek, the Greek phrase translates, let him disown himself, can also be rendered, he must say no to himself. As a dedicated servant of Jehovah, you will need to say no to anything that conflicts with his will. That includes saying no to the works of the flesh, such as sexual immorality. Will such restrictions make your life difficult? Not if you love Jehovah and are convinced that his laws are for your own good. A brother named Nicholas put it this way, You can view Jehovah's standards either like the bars of a prison that keeps you from doing what you want to do, or like the bars of a lion cage that protects you from danger. How do you dedicate yourself to Jehovah? You promise him in prayer that you will worship only him and that you will put his will first in your life. 
Really, you are promising Jehovah that you will continue to love him with your whole heart and with your whole soul and with your whole mind and with your whole strength. Your dedication is made in private between you and Jehovah. In contrast, baptism is public. It shows on Lucas that you have made a dedication. Your dedication is sacred. Uh, is a sacred wow, and Jehovah expects you to live up to it just as you expect that of yourself. Why dedicate yourself to Jehovah? The main reason to dedicate yourself to Jehovah is that you love him. Your love is not based on emotions alone. Rather, it is rooted in accurate knowledge and spiritual comprehension. The things that you learned about Jehovah that caused you to love, that caused your love for him to grow. Your study of the scriptures has convinced you, number one, that Jehovah is real. Number two, that the Bible is his inspired word. And number three, that he used his organization to accomplish his will. Those who dedicate themselves to Jehovah should know the basic teachings found in God's word and be living in harmony with its standards. They share their faith with others to the extent that their circumstances allow. Their love for Jehovah has grown and their heartfelt desire is to give him exclusive devotion. Is that not so of you? Having this kind of love, you will not view dedication and baptism as something you do just because you want to please your Bible teachers or your parents. Nor do you view it as something you do to fit in with your friends. The dedication, the decision to dedicate yourself to Jehovah is only natural when you think of all that he has done for you. Read Psalm 116, 12-14. With what will I repay Jehovah for all the good he has done for me? I will take up the cup of salvation, and I will call on the name of Jehovah. I will pay my vow to Jehovah in the presence of all his people. The Bible richly calls Jehovah the giver of every good gift and every perfect present, The greatest of those gifts is the sacrifice of his son, Jesus. Just think, the ransom has made it possible for you to have a close relationship with Jehovah, and he has given you the prospect of living forever. Dedicating yourself to Jehovah is a way to show your appreciation for that greatest expression of love ever made, along with all the other blessings Jehovah has given you. Are you ready for dedication and baptism? You may feel that you are not ready for dedication and baptism. Perhaps you still need to make changes in your life to conform to Jehovah's standard. Or perhaps you need more time to strengthen your faith. Not all students progress at the same page, uh, pace, and not all young ones are ready for dedication and baptism at the same age. Try to evaluate your spiritual progress according to what you are able to do and not in comparison with someone else. Even if you realize that you are not yet ready to dedicate yourself to Jehovah, keep that step before you as a goal. Pray for Jehovah's blessing on your efforts to make whatever changes are necessary. 
You can be certain that he will hear your prayer and respond. For those being raised in the truth, young ones who are being raised in the truth by parents who are serving God will be greatly helped by the three-part series on JW Org entitled Young People Ask, Should I Get Baptized? You can find additional valuable information in two study articles in the March 2006 issue of the Watchtower. The articles are Young Ones, Are You Ready to Get Baptized? and Young Ones, How Can You Prepare for Baptism? You will enjoy lasting benefits by making time to examine and to think deeply about the material in those articles. Why Some Hold Back Some who are ready for dedication and baptism still hold back. They may wonder, what if I afterward, what if afterwards I commit a serious sin and get disfellowshipped? If you have that fear, be assured that Jehovah will give you the, give you everything you need to walk worthy of Him. In order to please Him fully, He will also give you the strength to do what is right. He has already proved that He can do that by how he has dealt with many others. That is one reason why relatively few people are expelled from the Christian congregation. Jehovah equips his people to remain faithful. Every imperfect human is tempted to do wrong things. However, whether you act on temptation is a choice, your choice. The fact is that ultimately you are the one who is in control of how you will live. Though some people may make claims to the contrary, you can learn to control your impulses. And even if some improper impulses surface, you can refrain from acting on them. To that end, pray every day, maintain a good routine of personal study of God's Word, attend Christian meetings, share your faith with others, Taking these steps constantly will give you the strength to live up to your dedication vow, and never forget that Jehovah will help you to do so. You will find it easier to live up to your dedication if you decide beforehand what you will do in faced, if faced with temptation. The Bible tells us of a number of people who evidently did that, even though they too were imperfect humans. For example, Potiphar's wife repeatedly tried to seduce Joseph, but he did not have any doubt about the stand he would take. The Bible tells us that he refused, and he stated, How could I commit this great badness and actually sin against God? Clearly, Joseph knew how he would react even before she tried to tempt him, That made it easier for him when he was actually faced with temptation. How can you show a similar result to that of Joseph? You can decide now what you will do if a temptation arises. Learn to say no immediately to things that Jehovah hates, even refusing to dwell on them. That way you will not waver when tempted. You will already know how you will respond. You will already have settled on your course. In your case, you may know that you have found the truth and that you want to serve Jehovah. To serve Jehovah with all your heart, 
but something still holds you back from dedication and baptism. You can take to heart the example of King David. You can you can beg Jehovah, search through me, O God, and know my heart. Examine me and know my anxious thoughts. See whether there is in me any harmful way and lead me in the way of eternity. Jehovah blesses those who are honestly seeking him. Your working towards the goal of dedication and baptism shows him you are doing just that. Read Hebrew 11.6 Moreover, without faith it is impossible to please God. Well, for whoever approaches God must believe that he is, and that he becomes the revener, and that he becomes the rewarder of those honestly seeking him. Keep drawing close to Jehovah. Jesus said that his disciples are drawn to are drawn by Jehovah. Read John six forty four. No man can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will resurrect him on the last day. Consider what a profound thought that is, and how it applies to you. Jehovah sees something good in each person he draws to himself. He views the individuals as his special property and treasured possession. That is true in your case too. But maybe though that you are a young person who is being raised in the truth, you might feel that you simply are being carried or towed along. Nevertheless, the Bible says, draw close to God and he will draw close to you. When you take the initiative to draw close to Jehovah, he responds by drawing close to you. Jehovah does not view you as just being part of a group. He draws each individual, including each individual who is being raised in the truth. When such a person takes the initiative to draw close to Jehovah, he responds, as we noted at James 4.8. When you dedicate yourself to Jehovah and get baptized, you reflect the attitude of Jesus. He willingly presented himself to his Father to do whatever was asked of him. Read Psalm 44.48. To do your will, O God, is my delight, and your law is deep within me. In the next article, we will discuss what will help you to keep serving Jehovah faithfully after your baptism. Study article number 10. Keep following Jesus after baptism. If anyone wants to come after me, let him disown himself and pick up his torture stake day after day and keep following me. Luke 9.23 Focus. This article can help all of us to reflect on the meaning of our dedication. In particular, it can help those who recently got baptized to remain faithful. It is a joy to get baptized and become part of Jehovah's family. Those who are in that privileged position would agree with the word of the psalmist David who said, Happy is the one whom you, Jehovah, chooses and brings near to recite in your courtyard. Jehovah does not bring just anyone in his, into his courtyard. As discussed in the previous, previous article, he chooses to draw close to those who prove that they want to have a close relationship with him. When you dedicate yourself to Jehovah and get baptized, you draw closer to Jehovah in a special way. You can be sure that 
Thereafter, he will pour out on you a blessing until there is nothing lacking. Baptism, of course, is just the beginning. After you take that step, you will want to do your best to live up to a dedication vow, even in the face of temptation or test of faith. Read Ecclesiastes 5, 4 and 5. Whenever you make a vow to God, do not de- delay to pay it, for you find no pleasure in the stupid ones. What you vow, pay. Better for you not to vow than to vow and not pay. As a disciple of Jesus, you will follow Jesus' example and commands as closely as possible. This article will help you to do that. Keep following Jesus despite trials and temptations. After baptism, your life will not be problem-free. In fact, Jesus made it clear that his disciples would carry a torture stake. Actually, they would do so day after day. Read Luke 9.23 Then he went on to say to all, If anyone wants to come after me, let him disown himself and pick up his torture stake day after day and keep following me. Was Jesus saying that his followers would always be suffering? Not at all. He was simply emphasizing that in addition to the blessings they would experience, they would face challenges. Some of these challenges might even be painful. Perhaps you have already faced opposition from family members, or perhaps you have sacrificed certain material pursuits to put kingdom interest first. If so, you can be certain that Jehovah has noticed your faithful works. Likely, you have experienced the truthfulness of Jesus' word. No one has left house or brother or sister or mother or father or children or fields for my sake and for the sake of the good news, who will not get 100 times more now in this period of times, houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, children and fields, with persecution and in the coming system of things, everlasting life. The blessings that you have received are truly greater than any sacrifice that you have made. You will still need to fight the desires of the flesh after baptism. After all, you will still be a sinful descendant of Adam. At times, your feelings might be similar to those of the Apostle Paul. He wrote, I really delight in the law of God according to the man I am within, but I see in my body another law wearing against the law of my mind and leading me captive to sin's law that is in my body. You may feel discouraged by your sinful tendencies. However, thinking about the promise you made to Jehovah when you dedicated yourself to him will strengthen your resolve to fight against temptation. The reality is that when you face temptation, your dedication vow will simply your dedication vow will simplify your life. How? When you made a dedication to Jehovah, you disowned yourself. This means that you say no to personal desires and ambitions that would displease Jehovah. So when you face a test, you will not need to spend time debating what to do. You will have already shut the door on all options except one, 
faithfulness to Jehovah. You will remain firmly resolved to please Jehovah. You will in that sense be like Job. Even though he faced extremely difficult trials, he resoluted stated, I will not renounce my integrity. By reflecting on your prayer of dedication to Jehovah, you will find the strength to resist any temptation. For example, would you start flirting with another person's mate? Certainly not. You will already have said no to that. You will thus spare yourself the anguish of having to deal with improper feelings after they have taken root. You will turn away from the path of the wicked. What if you are offered employment that will interfere with your regular attendance at Christian meetings? Your reaction is not in, your reaction is not in doubt. Long before the offer was made, you had already said no to such a job proposal. Thus, you will not need to figure out whether you can make a bad decision succeed. Recalling Jesus' determination to please his Father, you will quickly and firmly reject anything that you know would displease the God to whom you are dedicated. The fact is that trials and temptations give you an opportunity to show that you are determined to keep following Jesus. As you do, you can be assured that Jehovah will help you. The Bible says, God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But along with the temptation, he will also make the way out, so that you may be able to endure it. How to keep following Jesus? Jesus was zealous, and he remained close to Jehovah in prayer. In fact, one of the best ways for you to keep following Jesus after your baptism is to develop a pattern of doing things that will draw you closer to Jehovah. The Bible says, To the extent we have made progress, let us go on walking on orderly in this same course. From time to time you will hear the experience of brothers and sisters who have reached out to expand their sacred service. Perhaps they attend the school of kingdom evangelizers or moved to where there is a greater need. If you can set such a goal, by all means do so. Jehovah's people are eager to expand their ministry. What though, if right now you are unable to do that? Do not think that you are inferior to those who can. The Christian <coughs> race is one of endurance. Do not underestimate the value of serving Jehovah according to your abilities and circumstances. That is, a, that is an important way that you can keep following Jesus after baptism. What if for a time you feel that your prayer have become mechanical or that your ministry is in a rut? What if your Bible reading does not seem as rewarding as it did in the past? If such situation develop after your baptism, do not conclude that you have lost Jehovah's Spirit. You are an imperfect human and your feelings can fluctuate. If your zeal start to diminish, reflect on the example of the Apostle Paul. Although he tried to imitate Jesus, he knew that at times he might not feel as motivated as at other times. Read 1 Corinthians 9, 16 and 17. Now, if I am declaring the good news, it is no reason for me to boost, for necessity is laid upon me. Really, wow to me if I do not declare the good news. If I do this willingly, I have a reward, 
but even if I do it against my will, I still have a stewardship entrusted to me. He said, even after I do it against my will, I still have a stewardship entrusted to me. In other words, Paul was determined to accomplish his ministry despite how he might feel at the moment. Similarly, do not let your imperfect feelings make your decision for you. Resolve that you will do the right thing despite how you feel. Your actions should in time affect your feelings for the better. At any rate, maintaining a good spiritual routine will help you to keep following Jesus after baptism. Your consistency will also be an encouragement to your fellow believers. Stay in the race. An athlete has to keep in shape if he expects to remain in the game. In a similar way, you will need to keep strong spiritually if you are to remain qualified to continue serving Jehovah after baptism. Keep testing, keep proving. It will also be of help to you if after baptism you examine yourself regularly. Read 2 Corinthians 13.5 Keep testing whether you are in the faith. Keep proving that you yourself are, or do you not recognize that Jesus Christ is in union with you, unless you are disapproved. From time to time, take a close look at your life and habits to see if you are praying daily, reading and studying the Bible, attending meetings, and participating in the ministry. Try to find ways to make these aspects of your worship even more meaningful. For example, ask yourself such questions as, Can I explain basic Bible teachings to others? Are there ways that I can make my ministry more enjoyable? How specific are my prayer? And do they show that I completely rely on Jehovah? Do I regularly attend Christian meetings? How can I improve my concentration and participation at meetings? You would also do well to examine yourself honestly regarding your weaknesses. A brother named Robert relates an experience that illustrates the point. When I was about 20 years old, I had a part-time job. One day after work, a co-worker invited me to her home. She said we'd be alone and we'd have a good time. At first I gave a few weak excuses, but I finally said no and explained why. Robert resisted the temptation, and that is commendable. Later, though, he looked back on the incident and saw that he could have handled the situation better. He, he admits... I didn't reject the offer as firmly or as quickly as Joseph resisted Potiphar's wife. In fact, I was surprised at how difficult it was for me to refuse. This incident helped me to see that I needed to strengthen my friendship with Jehovah. You may benefit from making a self-examination similar to what Robert made. Even when you succeed in resisting temptation, ask yourself, how long did it take me to say no? If you see room for improvement, do not condemn yourself. Be glad that you are now aware of this weakness. Make it a matter of prayer and take steps to strengthen your determination to live by Jehovah's moral standard. There is more to Robert's experience. He continues, After I refused my co-worker's invitation, she said, You passed the test. 
I asked her what she meant. She explained that a friend of hers, a former witness, had told her that all young witnesses lead a double life and that they would jump at the opportunity to compromise. So she told her friend that she would test that out on me. I realized then how glad I was that I had honored Jehovah's name. When you dedicate yourself to Jehovah and get baptized, you show that you want to sanctify his name no matter what comes. And you can be certain that Jehovah knows the trials you face and the temptations you resist. He will bless your effort to remain faithful. Trust that by means of his Holy Spirit. He can give you the strength to do so. With Jehovah's help, you will be able to keep following Jesus after your baptism. A series that you will enjoy. If you are a young person who is being raised in the truth, you will be greatly helped by the two-part series on J.W. Ock entitled Young People Ask, What Will I Need to Do After Baptism? Part 1 will encourage you to keep you up your Christian activity. Part 2 will help you to keep your integrity when you face problems or temptations. Study article number 11. You can persevere despite disappointment. You have persevered for the sake of my name. Revelation 2.3 We can persevere in Jehovah's service despite experiences disappointment. We are truly blessed to be part of Jehovah's organization during these turbulent last days. As world conditions deteriorate, Jehovah provides us with a united spiritual family of brothers and sisters. He helps us to have a strong family bond, and he gives us the insight and wisdom we need to have true inner peace. We must, however, work hard to keep serving Jehovah faithfully. Why? Because we may at times be offended by the imperfection of others. We may also find it difficult to put up with our own shortcomings, especially if we make the same mistake time and time again. We need to persevere in Jehovah's service, number one, when a fellow believer offends us, number two, when our spouse disappoints us, and number three, when we are disappointed with ourselves. In this article, we will consider each of these situations we will also consider what we can learn from a faithful Bible character. Persevere when a fellow believer offends you. The challenge. Some fellow believers have personality traits that irritate us. Others may let us down or treat us in a thoughtless or unkind way. Those taking the lead can make mistakes. These realities could cause some to doubt that this is God that this is God's organization. Rather than continue serving God shoulder to shoulder with their brothers and sisters, they may stop associating with those who have offended them or even stop going to meetings. Is that wise? Consider what we can learn from a Bible character who experienced similar problems. The Bible Example The Apostle Paul knew that his Christian brothers and sisters were imperfect. For example, he was misjudged soon after he started to associate with the congregation. Later, some spoke about him behind his back to damage his reputation. Paul saw a reasonable 
Paul saw a responsible brother make a wrong decision that may have stumbled others. And one of Paul's close companions, Mark, greatly disappointed him. Paul could have allowed any one of these situations to cause him to refuse to associate with the offenders. Yet he remained a positive he remained a positive view of his brothers and sisters and remained active in Jehovah's service. What helped Paul to persevere? Paul loved his brothers and sisters. Paul's love for others helped him to focus not on their imperfections, but on their fine qualities. Love also helped Paul to do what he himself wrote as recorded at Colossians 3, 13 and 14. Continue putting up with one another and forgive one another freely, even if anyone has a cause for complaint against another. Just as Jehovah freely forgave you, you must also do the same. But besides all these things, clothe yourself with love, for it is a perfect bond of union. Consider how this proved true regarding Mark. Although Mark abandoned Paul during his first missionary journey, Paul did not remain upset. Later, when Paul wrote a warm letter to the congregation in Colossae, he praised Mark as a valued co-worker, a source of great comfort. While imprisoned in Rome, Paul specifically requested that Mark came to help him. Clearly, Paul did not give up on his brothers. What can we learn from Paul? The lesson. Jehovah wants us to persevere in showing love to our brothers and sisters. Read 1 John 4, 7. Beloved ones, let us continue loving one another, because love is from God, and everyone who loves has been born from God and knows God. If someone fails to show some Christian quality, we can assume that he wants to follow Bible principles and that he simply acts thoughtlessly. God loves his faithful servant despite their shortcomings. He does not cut us off when we make mistakes, nor does he stay resentful. How important it is for us to imitate our forgiving Father. Remember, too, that as the end draws near, we need to remain close to our brothers and sisters. We can expect persecution to intensify. We may even find ourselves in prison for our faith. If that happens, we will need our brothers and sisters more than ever. Consider what happened to Joseph, an elder in Spain. He and other brothers were in prison together for the neutrality. He says, in prison the risk of becoming irritated with a fellow believer was high because we had no privacy. We had to put up with one another and forgive one another freely. This helped us stay united and protected. We were surrounded by inmates who did not serve Jehovah. On one occasion I was injured and my arm was in a cast, so I was not able to do things for myself. But one of my brothers washed my clothes and cared for me in other practical ways. I experienced sincere love when I needed it most. What good reason we have to resolve problems with one another now. Persevere when your spouse disappoints you. The challenge. All marriages have difficulties. The Bible frankly acknowledges that married people will have tribulation in the flesh. Why? Because marriage brings 
because marriage brings two imperfect people together, each with different characteristics, likes and dislikes. Mates come from different cultures or backgrounds. They may in time display traits that were not noticeable before the wedding. Any of these things can cause friction. Instead of recognizing that each has a part in the problem and therefore should work to resolve it, they may blame their mate. They may even come to see separation or divorce as the solution. But is giving up on the marriage the answer? Let us learn from a Bible character who persevered in an extremely difficult marriage. The Bible example. Abigail was married to Nabal, who the Bible says was harsh and behaved badly. It must have been difficult for Abigail to live with such a man. Could Abigail have found an easy way out of her marriage? She was given that opportunity when David, Israel's future king, came to kill her husband for insulting him and his men. Abigail could have fled, allowing David to carry out his plan, yet she intervened and convinced David to let Nabal live. What could have motivated her? Abigail loved Jehovah and respected his standard for marriage. No doubt she was aware of what God said to Adam and Eve when he performed the first marriage. Abigail knew that Jehovah viewed marriage as a sacred arrangement. She wanted to please God, and that would have motivated her to do whatever she could to save her household, including her husband. She acted quickly to prevent David from murdering Nabal. She was also willing to apologize for a wrong that she, had, that she did not commit. Clearly, Jehovah loved this brave, unselfish woman. What can wives and husbands learn from Abigail's example? The lesson. Jehovah directs that marriage people Jehovah directs that marriage people respect the marriage arrangement, even if their mate is difficult to love or difficult to live with. How pleased God must have been when he sees married people working hard to resolve problems and to show each one unselfish love and respect. Read Ephesians 5.33 Nevertheless, each one of you must love his wife as he does himself. On the other hand, the wife should ha have deep respect for her husband. Consider the example of Carmen. About six years after getting married, Carmen began studying with Jehovah's Witnesses and later got baptized. My husband did not take it well, says Carmen. He became jealous of Jehovah. He would insult me and threaten to leave me. Even so, Carmen preserved in her marriage. Carmen persevered in her marriage. For fifty years she worked hard to have a marriage, a marriage based on love and respect. As the years went by, I learned to be more discerning and to speak tactfully to my husband. Knowing that marriage is sacred in Jehovah's eyes, I did everything in my power to safeguard it. I never gave up on my marriage because I loved Jehovah. If difficulties arises in your marriage, you can trust that Jehovah will support you and help you to persevere. Persevere when you are disappointed with yourself. The challenge. We may feel like giving up on ourselves if we commit a serious sin. 
the Bible, the Bible acknowledges that our sin, the sins can leave us feeling broken and crushed. One brother named Robert had worked hard for years to qualify as a ministerial servant. However, he committed a serious sin that made him realize that he had betrayed Jehovah. My conscience came down on me like a ton of bricks, he says. Afterwards, I felt sick to my stomach. I sobbed and prayed to Jehovah. I remember thinking that God would never again bother to listen to me. Why would he? I had let him down. If we succumb to sin, we may feel like giving up on ourselves because our crushed heart believes that Jehovah has given up on us. If you have felt this way, consider a faithful Bible character who persevered in serving Jehovah despite committing a serious sin. The Bible Example The night before Jesus' execution, the Apostle, po the Apostle Peter made a series of mistakes that led to the worst failure of his life. First, Peter displayed overconfidence, boasting that he would prove faithful even if the other apostle abandoned Jesus. Next, while in the Garden of Gethsemane, Peter repeatedly failed to keep on the watch. Then Peter abandoned Jesus to a mob. Finally, Peter denied knowing Jesus three times, even swearing to this lie with an oath. How did Peter react when he realized the gravity of his sin? He broke down and wept bitterly, perhaps feeling devastated by guilt. Just imagine Peter's anguish when hours later his friend Jesus was executed. How unworthy Peter must have felt. Peter was able to persevere in serving Jehovah for several reasons. He did not isolate himself. He went to his spiritual brothers and no doubt was comforted by them. In addition, the resurrected Jesus appeared to Peter, likely to encourage him. Later, instead of rebuking Peter for his failings, Jesus told his friend that he would receive greater responsibilities. Peter knew that he had sinned gravely, but he did not give up on himself. Why? Because he was confident that his master, Jesus, had not given up on him, and Peter's spiritual brothers continued to support him. What can we learn from Peter's example? The lesson. Jehovah wants us to be confident of his love and forgiveness. Read Psalm 86.5. For you, O Jehovah, are good and ready to forgive. You abound in love. You abound in loyal love for all those who call on you. And Romans 8.38 and 39. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor governments, nor things now here, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creation will be able to separate us from God's love that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. When we sin, we feel guilty. That is normal and appropriate. However, we must not think that we are unlovable or unforgivable. Instead, we should immediately get help. Robert mentioned earlier says, I fell into sin because I relied on myself, my own strength to resist a temptation. He realized that he had to talk to the elders. He says, Once I took that step, I immediately felt Jehovah's loving hand expressed through them. The elders did not give up on me. They helped me to believe that Jehovah had not abandoned me. 
we too can be confident that Jehovah loves us deeply and forgives us if we repent our sins, seek needed help, and honestly try not to repeat our mistakes. That convention prevents us from giving up on ourselves when we stumble or fall. Jehovah greatly appreciates our efforts to serve him during these difficult last days. With Jehovah's help, we can persevere despite disappointment. We can cultivate love for our brothers and sisters and forgive them even if they offend us. We can show the depth of our love for God and our respect for his arrangement by doing whatever we can to resolve problems that may arise in our marriage. And if we commit a sin, we can seek Jehovah's help, accept his love and forgiveness, and keep moving forward in his service. We can be sure that we will reap rich blessings if we do not give up in doing what is fine. Study article number 12. Avoid the darkness, remain in the light. Focus. What can we learn from the metaphors of darkness and light mentioned in Ephesians chapter 5? While he was under house arrest in Rome, the Apostle Paul wanted to encourage his fellow believers. He could not visit them in person, so he wrote letters. He wrote one of these in about 60 or 61 CE to the Ephesians. Almost ten years earlier, Paul had spent quite some time in Ephesus, preaching and teaching the good news. He loved his brothers very much and wanted to help them to remain faithful to Jehovah. But why did he write to anointed Christians about darkness and light? And what lessons can all Christians learn from this counsel? Let us consider the answer to these questions. From darkness to light. Paul wrote to the Ephesians Christians, You were once darkness, but you are now light. Paul were used to the metaphor of darkness and light to explain contrasting or opposing conditions. Let us consider what Paul could say that Ephesians were once darkness. Religious darkness. Before learning the truth and becoming Christians, the Ephesians to whom Paul wrote were enslaved to false religious ideas and superstitions. The city of Ephesus was home to the famous temple of Artemis, which the ancient considered one of the seven wonders of the world. The people who worshipped there were steeped in idolatry. The fabrication and sale of false religious shrines of the goddess Artemis was a lucrative business. In addition, the city was well known for magical arts. Moral Darkness Ephesus was famous for its gross immorality and brazen conduct. Obscene talk was commonly heard in the city's theaters and even at religious festivals. Many of its inhabitants were past all moral sense, an expression that literally means having ceased to feel pain. Before learning what was truly right or truly wrong, the Ephesians did not feel pangs of conscience fangs of conscience, or think that they had any accountability to Jehovah. Paul could thus describe them as being in darkness mentally and annihilated from the life that belongs to God. Study 
Some of the Ephesians, though, did not remain in darkness. Paul wrote that they were now light in connection with the Lord. They had embraced the light of spiritual truth. These Ephesians had abandoned their false-related practices and immoral conduct. They had become imitators of God and were doing their best to worship Jehovah and to please Him. In a similar way, before we learned the truth, we were in religious and moral darkness. Some of us celebrated false religious holidays. Others of us pursued an immoral lifestyle. But once we learned about Jehovah's standard of right and wrong, we made changes. We began to bring our life into harmony with His righteous requirements. As a result, we have enjoyed many benefits. Now, though, we face ongoing challenges. We need to stay away from the darkness that we left behind and go on walking as children of the light. How can we do so? Avoid the darkness. Read Ephesians 5, 3-5. Let sexual immorality and every sort of uncleanliness or greediness not even mentioned among you. Just as it is proper for holy people, neither shameful conduct, nor foolish talking, nor obscene jesting, things that are not benefiting, but rather the giving of thanks. For you know this, recognizing it for yourself, that no sexual immoral person, or unclean person, or greedy person, which means being an adultery, has any inheritance in the kingdom of the Christ or of God. In order to stay far away from moral darkness, the Phrasian Christians had to continue rejecting practices that displeased Jehovah. That included not only sexual immoral conduct, but also obscene or obscene talk. Paul reminded the Phrasians that they had to avoid such things if they were to have any inheritance in the kingdom of the Christ and of God. We too must continue to fight against becoming entangled in the unfruitful works that belongs to the darkness. Time and again, experiences have shown that the more a person looks at it, the more that a person looks at, listens to or talks about unclean, immoral things, the easier it will be for him to fall into wrongdoing. In one country, several dozen brothers became friends in an online chat group. Many of them started out in their chats talking about spiritual things. In the course of time, however, the chats became unwholesome. They began to resolve, they began to revolve around sex. Several of these individuals later admitted that this unclean talk led them to commit sexual immorality. Satan's world tries to deceive us to make us believe that what Jehovah calls immoral and unclean is not wrong at all. This is no coincidence. One of the devil's long-used tactics is to confuse people so that they are unable to discern what is right and what is wrong. It is no wonder that many movies, television shows and websites promote ideas that go against Jehovah's righteous standard. Satan is trying to deceive us into thinking that unclean practices and lifestyles are not only acceptable, but also enjoyable and harmless. Read Ephesians 5.6 
Let no man deceive you with empty words, for because of such things the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience. Satan wants to Satan wants us to associate with people who make it harder for us to stick to Jehovah's standards. Accordingly, Paul urges the Ephesians, do not be sharers with them, that is, with those who practice what is wrong in God's eyes. We need to remember that our association is not limited to those we spend time with in person. It includes those we interact with on social media, a danger that the ancient Ephesians were not exposed to. Angela, who lives in Asia, found out how dangerous social media can be. She admits, it can be a trap, subtle numbering your senses. I reached the point where I did not bother. I reached the point where it did not bother me to have friends who did not respect Bible principles. Eventually I started to think that it was okay to pursue a lifestyle that displeased Jehovah. Thankfully, loving elders helped Angela to make needed changes. She says, I now fill my mind with spiritual things rather than with social media. We must fight against the world thinking that immoral conduct is acceptable. We know better. We do well to ask ourselves, do I make it a point to avoid all unnecessary association with workmates, classmates or others who do not respect Jehovah's righteous standards? Do I courageously uphold Jehovah's standards even though some may call me intolerant for doing so? As indicated at 2 Timothy 2:20 and 22, we may also need to be careful when choosing our close associates within the Christian congregation. We bear in mind that some may not help us to remain faithful in our service to Jehovah. Walk as children of light. Paul encourages the Ephesian Christians not only to continue rejecting the darkness, but also to go on walking as children of light. Read Ephesians 5, 7-9. Therefore, do not be sharers with them, for you were once darkness, but you are now light, in connection with the Lord. Go on walking as children of light, for the fruits of the light consist of every sort of goodness and righteousness and truth. What does that mean? Simply put, it means to conduct ourselves as true Christians at all times. One way to achieve this goal is diligently reading and studying the Bible along with our Bible-based publications. It is especially important to pay close attention to the example and teachings of Jesus Christ, the light of the world. We also need the help of God's Holy Spirit so that we can keep conducting ourselves as children of the light. Why? Because it is a definite challenge to remain clean in this immoral world. Holy Spirit can help us to combat the thinking of the world, including its philosophies and viewpoints that conflict with God's thinking. Holy Spirit can also help us to produce every sort of goodness and righteousness. One way we can receive Holy Spirit is by praying for it. Jesus said that Jehovah will give Holy Spirit to those asking Him. And when we praise Jehovah together at Christian meetings, we also receive Holy Spirit. Read Ephesians 5, 19 and 20. Speak to one another with psalms, 
praises to God and spiritual songs singing and accompanying yourself with music in your hearts to Jehovah, always giving thanks to our God and Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. The wholesome influence of God's Holy Spirit will help us to live in a way that pleases God. When we have important decisions to make, we need to perceive what the will of Jehovah is and then act in harmony with it. Read Ephesians 5, 10 and 17. Keep on making sure what is acceptable to the Lord. On this account, stop being unreasonable, but keep perceiving what the will of Jehovah is. By identifying Bible principles that apply to our situation, we are actively we are actually seeking God's thinking on the matter. Then as we apply this principle, we will more likely make good decisions. Paul also counseled the Ephesian Christians to use their time wisely. Read Ephesians 5, 15 and 16. So keep strict watch that how you walk is not as unwise but as wise persons, making the best use of your time because the days are wicked. The wicked one, our enemy, Satan, would like to keep us so busy with this world's pursuits that we have no time for our service to God. It would be all too easy for a Christian to put material possessions, secular education, or his career ahead of opportunities to serve Jehovah. Were that to happen, it would indicate that he is being affected by the world's thinking, of course, these things are not wrong in themselves, but they should never take first place in our life. To walk as children of light, we need to be making the best use of our time, focusing on what is truly important. Be alert to any opportunity to serve Jehovah more fully. This is what Donald, who lives in South Africa, says. He says, uh, Africa did. He says, I looked at my situation and supplication and supplicated Jehovah to help me be more productive in the ministry. I prayed for work that would allow me to have more time for preaching. With Jehovah's help, I did find appropriate work. My wife and I then started our journey of full-time service together. Paul's letter to the Ephesians must really have helped them in their Christian course, and that inspired counsel can help us too. As noted, it can aid us in choosing our entertainment and our associates wisely. It can motivate us to continue immersing ourselves in the light of truth by having a consistent program of Bible study. And it emphasizes the importance of Holy Spirit, which can produce fine qualities in us. Applying what Paul wrote can help us to make wise decisions points that are in harmony with Jehovah's thinking. By doing these things, we will be able to avoid the darkness of this world and remain in the light. Study article number 13. Find comfort in Jehovah's approval. How to overcome personal doubt about having Jehovah's approval. How reassuring it is to know that Jehovah approves of his people as a group. The Bible says, Jehovah takes pleasures in his people. 
At times of a, some get so discouraged that they may wonder, does Jehovah approve of me personally? A number of Jehovah's faithful worshippers in Bible times had moments they, when they struggled with such thoughts. The Bible clearly shows that imperfect humans can gain Jehovah's approval or goodwill. How? We must, execute, we must exercise faith in Jesus Christ and get baptized. We thus demonstrate publicly that we have repented our sins and made a promise to God to do His will. Jehovah is delighted when we take these steps to cultivate a relationship with Him. As long as we continue to do our best to live up to our dedication, wow, Jehovah approves of us and considers us His close friends. Why, though, might some, of, might some at times feel that God does not approve of them? How does Jehovah express his approval? And how can a Christian strengthen his confidence that he does have God's approval? Why some may feel that Jehovah does not approve of them? A number of us have battled feelings of low self-worth since childhood. A brother named Adrian says, I have always felt worthless. Some of my earliest memories are of praying that my family would make it into paradise. Although I was not sure, uh, although I was sure that I was not good enough to be there. Tony, who did not grow up in a Christian home, says, My parents never told me that they loved me or were proud of me. The message was that I could always do better. If we at times struggle with feeling of worthlessness, we can remember that in his own way Jehovah drew us to him. He sees the good in us that we may not see in ourselves, and he knows our heart, so we can trust him when he says that we are precious. Before learning the truth, some of us did things that may still fill us with guilt, Even faithful Christian battles against sinful inclination. Does your heart condemn you? If so, take comfort in knowing that faithful servants of Jehovah have struggled with similar feelings. For example, the Apostle Paul felt miserable when reflecting on his imperfections. Of course, Paul had repented of his sins and got baptized. Still, he referred to himself as the least of the apostle and the foremost sinner. Our Heavenly Father promises to forgive us if we are repentant. So if we are truly sorry for the sins we have committed, we can take Jehovah at his, at his word. He has forgiven us. We all want to serve Jehovah as fully as possible. However, some feel that they can never do enough to gain his approval. As Sister name Amanda says, I tend to equate giving Jehovah my best with the constant need to do more. I often expect more of myself than I can give. When I fail, I assume that Jehovah is a, as disappointed with me as I am with myself. How can we overcome the feeling that we can never do enough to please Jehovah? Remember that Jehovah is not rigid or inflexible. He never demands more of us than we can reasonably do. He appreciates whatever we do for Him as long as we are doing our best. Also reflect on Bible examples of those who served Jehovah whole-souled. Think of Paul. He experienced himself serious for he 
exerted himself ziliously for years, traveling thousands of miles and establishing many congregations. Yet when circumstances limited his share in the preaching work, did he lose God's approval? No, he continued to do what he could, and Jehovah blessed him. Similarly, what we can give to Jehovah may vary at times, but what matters to him is why we do it. Let us now consider some ways that Jehovah expresses his approval of us. How does Jehovah express his approval? Through the Bible. Jehovah loves to express warm approval of those for whom he has affection. The scriptures report two occasions when he told Jesus that he was his beloved approved son. Would you like to hear Jehovah's reassure you of his approval? Jehovah does not speak to us audibly, but he speaks to us through the pages of his word. We can hear Jehovah's voice of approval when we read Jesus' word in the gospel. Read John 16:27. For the Father himself has affection for you, because you have had affection for me and have believed that I came as God's representative. Jesus perfectly reflects his Father's personality. So when we read that Jesus expressed his approval of his imperfect but faithful followers, we can picture Jehovah saying those words to us. Through his actions, Jehovah is eager to help us, such as by providing for our material needs. At times, Jehovah may allow us to suffer hardship, and as he did, righteous Job. Trials do not mean that we have lost God's approval. Rather, they provide us with opportunities to prove the depth of our love for God and our trust in Him. Read James 1.12. Happy is the man who keeps on enduring trials, because on becoming approved he will receive the crown of life which Jehovah promises to those who continue loving Him. We will experience his loving care and support as he helps us to endure. Consider a brother in Asia named Dimitri. He lost his job and could not find work for many months, so he decided to increase his share in the ministry, thus showing his trust in Jehovah. Months dragged on and he still could not find work. Then he experienced health problems to the point that he became bedridden. He began to doubt his worth as a husband and father, and he wondered if he had lost Jehovah's approval. Then, one evening, his daughter printed on a sheet of paper the words found of Isaiah 30, 15, your strength, will be, your strength will be in keeping calm and showing trust. She brought it to his bedside and said, Daddy, when you feel bad, you can remember this scripture. Dimitri realized that, thanks to Jehovah, his family still had adequate food, clothing, and shelter. What I needed to do, he says, was stay calm and continue trusting in my God. If you are facing a similar trial, you can trust that Jehovah cares about you and will help you to endure. Through fellow worshippers, Jehovah used Jehovah uses our brothers and sisters to express his approval of us. For example, he may move others to speak encouraging words at the right time. A sister in Asia experienced this during a time of great stress. 
She had lost her job and had become seriously ill. Then her husband committed a serious sin and was removed as an elder. I could not figure out why this was happening, she said. I thought that perhaps I had done something wrong and had lost Jehovah's approval. Our sister begged Jehovah to reassure her of his approval. How did he do so? She notes, the congregation elders talked with me and reassured me of Jehovah's love. Later, she again asked Jehovah for help. That same day, I received a letter from a group of brothers and sisters in the congregation. She says, as I read their comforting words, I felt that Jehovah had heard me. Yes, Jehovah often expresses his approval through the kind words of others. Jehovah also expressed his approval of us by using fellow believers to give us counsel when we need it. For example, in the first century, Jehovah used the Apostle Paul to write 14 inspired letters to fellow believers. Those letters included firm but loving counsel. Why did Jehovah inspire Paul to include such counsel? Jehovah is a good father, and he disciplines his children in whom he delights. So if we receive Bible-based counsel, we can see it as evidence that we have God's approval, not that we have lost it. What are other indications, uh, indications that we have Jehovah's approval? Other evidence that Jehovah approves of us. Jehovah gives his Holy Spirit to those whom he approves of. We can ask ourselves, have I been able to display some aspects of the fruitages of God's Spirit in my life? Do you notice that you are more patient with others than you were before you came to know Jehovah? Actually, the more you learn to display the fruitages of God's Spirit, the more evident it will be to you that you have Jehovah's approval. See the box. The fruitages of the Spirit is the fruitages of the Spirit is love, a precious quality, joy, a quality we acquire of God, love, a precious quality. Watchtower seventeen o eight. Joy, a quality we acquire from God, Watchtower 1802. Peace, how can you find it, Watchtower 1805. Patience, endurance with a purpose, Watchtower 1808. Kindness, a quality expressed in words and action, Watchtower 1811. Goodness, how can you cultivate it, Watchtower 1903. Faith, a strengthening quality, Watchtower 1908. Mildness, how do it benefit us, Watchtower 2005. Self-control, essential for Jehovah's approval, Watchtower 2006. Jehovah is pleased to entrust the good news to those whom he approved of. Read 1 Thessalonians 2.4. But just as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the good news, so we speak to please not men, but God, who examines our heart. Note how a sister named Jolene benefited from sharing the good news with others. One day Jolene woke up feeling depressed. I felt as if I had nothing to give, she says. But I was pioneering, and it was my service day. So I said a prayer and went out in service, that morning, Jolene met Mary, a kind woman who accepted of a Bible study. 
some months later, Mary mentioned that she had been praying to God for help when Jolene knocked on her door. Reflecting on this experience, Jolene said, I felt as if Jehovah were telling me, I approve of you. Of course, not everyone will respond positively to our preaching work, but we can be sure that Jehovah is blessed. We can be sure that Jehovah is pleased when we try our best to share the good news with others. Jehovah applies the value of the ransom to those whom he approves of. But what if our heart resists the idea that Jehovah approves of us, even though we have faith in the ransom and are baptized? Remember, we cannot remember, we cannot always trust our own feelings, but we can trust Jehovah. He considers those who have faith in the ransom to be righteous in his eyes and promises to help them. Read Psalm 5.12 For you will bless anyone righteous, O Jehovah. You will surround them with approval as with a large shield. Meditating on the ransom helped Wiki. One day after thinking deeply about the ransom, she realized, Jehovah had been patient with me for so long, yet I was in effect saying to him, Your love is not great enough to reach me. Your son's sacrifice is not enough to cover me. By meditating on this gift of the ransom, she began to feel love by Jehovah. We too will feel love by Jehovah and sense his approval as we reflect on the ransom. Although we may try hard to apply the above suggestions, we may at times get discouraged and wonder if we have Jehovah's approval. If that happens, remember that he approved of those who continue loving him. So continue to draw close to Jehovah and to take note of his approval of you. Always bear in mind that Jehovah is not far from us, each one of us. And the last one here, Bible phrases. Forgiveness before the ransom. We can be forgiven for our sins, although only... We can be forgiven of our sins only through the ransom sacrifice that Jesus paid with his blood. Yet the Bible says, God is, God in his tolerance was forgiven the sin that occurred in the past, that is, before Jesus provided the ransom. How could Jehovah do this and at the same time maintain his perfect standard of justice? From Jehovah's viewpoint, the ransom was as good as paid from the moment he decided to provide an offspring who would save believing mankind. God was absolutely certain that in his due time, his only begotten son would willingly provide the ransom. While on earth, as God's representative, Jesus had the authority to forgive sins before the ransom was offered. He did so by applying the value of his future sacrifice to people who had faith. So this is Ken Anderson signing off. It's the 25th of December 2023. The time is 1848 and it is Monday. Bye.